This is Future Diaries, a podcast from the future, from the future. Welcome to Future Diaries, the podcast that transcends space and time. I'm Mike. And I'm Antonis. And we are your hosts. Mike and I are especially excited about today's episode. We've got a special guest for you today. Although, she isn't exactly a guest. That's right, Antonis. Dear listeners, if you've heard our podcast's trailer or have checked out our website, you might have noticed a third member of our crew. And today is the day Caitlin will be joining us. Caitlin is an intertemporal scribe and was one of the first storytellers Mike and I had the good fortune to interact with after we finished our training as intertemporal gliders. As gliders, we're trained to connect storytellers and audiences in an attempt to inspire better presents and better futures across the multiverse. As you may recall, during our training, Mike connected with an ancestor of his while I connected with myself, but from a different universe. Meanwhile, Caitlin, as an intertemporal scribe, is trained to write and tell stories across space and time, and to help others do so as well. Exactly. In addition to Caitlin's skills in communication and storytelling, we believe her perspective will be invaluable to listeners across the multiverse. Caitlin's 21st century universe is technologically advanced in many ways. They had developed intertemporal communications technologies by 2030, after all. However, People and whole societies in her universe are deeply ambivalent in their understanding of technology, its uses, and the consequences of its use and misuse on their planet's ecosystems. In our conversations with storytellers across the multiverse, we have noticed a common, important relationship between technological advancements and ecological and societal consequences. Societies that thrive prove that ecological change can provide opportunities to make more resilient ecosystems and strengthen social bonds. Societies that struggle, meanwhile, show that without mindful implementation, technological change is not always good to ecosystems or societies. The different systems of economics across the different universes often reflect that relationship. We have also observed that, in many universes, the 21st century is a key moment for societies in managing this relationship among technological, social, and ecological systems. Which is why we're thrilled Caitlin is a member of the Future Diaries crew, and we can't wait to add her perspective to the mix. We thought a great way for our listeners to meet her would be to feature a representative diary entry from her story on the show, and interview her in the same way we'll feature other storytellers and their stories later on. So, what is Caitlin's story? Let's have a listen. You can't make plans in 2030. It doesn't make sense. From week to week, you could be displaced by a flood or fire or a disaster of a more personal scale. So out of politeness, we schedule things loosely to avoid talking about it too much. There's still emails to send, and we've adjusted our greetings to reflect the uncertainty of these times. It's not like the denialists hoped it would be. They thought it would get warmer and stay there, like a thermostat that the snow would melt and turn into a swim-up bar. But the weather isn't just hot, it's chaos. Strange, singular events divorced from any calendar or cultural significance. It feels like Earth has abandoned us. The small losses have been the hardest on me. 
I miss fireflies. I grieve autumns that smell like leaves and possibility. I cling to opportunities to wear my favorite coat. I know other people have it worse. There's tragedy in other states we once thought only possible in other nations, and we use the same tactics to justify it. As the danger gets closer, my own capacity for brutality and indifference is being tested. I try to romanticize the duality of it all by studying art from cruel time periods. People around me, good and smart people who care about all the right things, don't want to talk about what's happening. Instead they say, it's just a little hot out. It's just a little smoky out. It's just a little rain. These rationalizations sound nice around the brunch table, like ice cubes clinking in sangria. But to me they sound like biting down on a popsicle. It's not that I hate optimism or fun, I just can't stand the surreality of having to do so much to negotiate our existence on this planet. Outwardly I smile, but once in my car I shudder with impatience like a dog. In 2020 I thought it might be cleansing for me to go through a crisis, that it would be the reset I needed to finally stop taking things for granted and start writing my novel. I remember when word got out that the president was sick, there was a sense of shared elation that seemed to merit taking the day off. This snow day feeling was what I hoped it might be like when everyone finally understood our predicament. But as the years went on, it became evident there would never be a common understanding. Just a steady degradation of what I could expect from life and from others. Even now, they don't call it collapse. Wow, what an engaging story. Seriously, I almost felt like I was there. All right, welcome to the show, Caitlin. Thank you. It's great to be here. Today is going to be a little bit different since you are our guest today, Caitlin. But we're excited you'll be joining us in future episodes to help us make sense of other stories as well. Okay, so my first question is, how are you? And have circumstances changed in your universe much since you recorded this diary entry? I'm still doing a lot of the same, scribing, vibing, things like that. The wind is pretty intense right now, so I hope that's not coming through too much. When I recorded my diary entry, it was October, I think, so it was summer, and I remember having to schedule it around the blackouts, which have become pretty typical. I never thought I'd get used to that, but I did. I don't know if that's good or bad. Oh, and we have a new president. Johnson won, which I'm pretty relieved about. Our listeners might know him as The Rock. Interesting nickname. I'm sure it's a reference to the consistency of his political positions. Anyway, back to how we connected. In the first part of today's episode, we shared our side of the story meeting you. I was hoping you could give our audience your side of the story in meeting us. What inspired you to write down this story, and what motivated you to want to share it? I was inspired to write this story because... I'd gotten a 10 years ago today notification on photos. It was a picture of this caterpillar I saw while I was taking a walk and it had a leaf on its head. And I was like, oh my God, he has a hat. And then I was like, oh my God, the leaves are falling and I can't even wear a sweatshirt. I remember kind of spiraling about that and just what my headspace was like back then, how scared I was about the climate, but mostly how frustrated I was with the world. I wanted the people around me to care about this stuff the same way and use the same words to describe what was happening. And I realized how far I'd come since then. 
I still do that unfortunate thing of feeling bad for feeling bad. So I get on myself for being so worried about the weather and the water and stuff. But then I see something like that and remember at one point I didn't even know if there would still be walks or caterpillars or the cloud. I needed to write it down for myself. And then when I got connected with you two, I knew I had to share it with her. In your universe, it seems people have a hard time relating to each other or even agreeing on a common set of facts. Why do you think there are such divergent perspectives even on matters of basic fact in your universe, such as whether you're facing ecological collapse, as I understand is the case in your universe? And what, if anything, do you think might help reestablish some common sense of reality? I think in a way everyone's a scribe, authoring their own story. And to get somewhere with anyone on this subject, you have to appeal to the genre they locate themselves in. When I first heard the music the captivator had chosen for my story, it gave me chills. I mentioned in my story how I try to cope with the changes by understanding them through cruel time periods, like even in times before the industrial revolution, before this was even a thing, there was still suffering and weirdness on a massive scale. And there was still art, still aesthetics you could kind of cling to. So you could say for me, that sums up my deal. I felt like I was the protagonist in an adventure. It wasn't a tragedy anymore. But that notion of everyone mythologizing themselves to an extent, it helps me when dealing with people who are living on another planet, literally. Because it lets me sort of take out the haterade straw and breathe to remember that everyone was once a child and we're all just trying to protect ourselves. So me saying, look, this is real and it's here and we can see it at the grocery store. Someone might believe in science, but above all, they believe they're in a spy movie. And that's not consistent with an existential threat of this kind. But we actually don't have to agree on those kinds of specifics to get somewhere in conversation. Because we're all living this, we just have different words for it. I call it climate change, but someone else might call it moving or canceled plans or I hate 2030. Yeah, that makes sense. And acknowledging a common reality, even when we disagree on how to interpret it, can sometimes lay the groundwork for progressing towards political agreements as well. In case someone in the past or present in your universe is listening to this, how could they contribute to improving circumstances where you are? I think people from my universe are in a unique position to make a difference with this. I don't know how much you know about the 2020 ink crisis, but that really put a fine point on how important storytelling is. It sounds exciting in history books, but a lot of that time was very quiet and scary, like the lights had gone out. But then they kept making TV and podcasts, and people found even new ways to tell stories. We were turning to stories to feel normal and to have some kind of cohesion when society was so atomized. And because of that, we've really set out to protect the arts. People who make decisions today about what gets funding, they remember what it was like to feel so unmoored. And because of that, there are a lot of ways to get your voice out there and help shine light on the condition of your fellow humans. Yes, I, I think I can relate to that from my experience as a glider as well. Stories are the best way to connect with people from across the multiverse. It sounds like your training as a scribe has really come in handy in your journey. Can you tell us more about what it means to be a scribe, practically speaking? As an intratemporal scribe... I focus on the changes happening in my own timeline and try to tease out narratives that will resonate with the general public. Unlike Mike and Antonis, I didn't go to school for this specifically, though scribes like to say we've been training since kindergarten since so much of the work of a student is writing papers. I realize the audience might not know this story, 
that when I initially connected with you guys, I was doom scrolling. I had gotten this aftermarket mod for my radio that let me scan channels intertemporally, and I heard an episode of your show. It was all a matter of luck, and it's kind of amazing when I think about how many possible futures had to line up for this project to happen. Absolutely. I feel like we totally lucked out connecting with you. All right. Well, final question for you. Are there any other lessons you think our audience should take away from your story? One more thing I'd like to say is that I think if I were listening to this 10 years ago, I'd be white knuckling and listening intently for specifics about what will happen with climate change. And I want to say that what I've learned since then is that your plans are useless if they don't include people. We need each other. We do our best work in teams. And beyond like a literal flat earther, we don't need perfect agreement on this subject to know how to care about each other. So I'd say to her, don't focus on changing minds. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Water the things you care about and let the people who care about them too find you. That's why I wrote this story in the first place. I think those are great words to end on. Thanks, Caitlin. That would do it for this episode of Future Diaries. And to you, our listeners, if you have enjoyed our show, please subscribe to Future Diaries on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed in your universe. You can also visit our website at futurediaries.show, where you can find additional content about us and the universes we come from, as well as subscribe to our newsletter and find other ways to support the show. I'm Antonis. I'm Mike. And I'm Caitlin. And we'll talk to you in, in the, the future. future. Thank you.